Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us or if you're watching us here on Twitter, thank you for making the Sports of the World podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius, and as you can see, I have a special guest here on the show with me. She's been on here before. Big fan duel guy, as you all <laughs> may know who she is. And it's all, and of course, I'm talking about the amazing Gab Goody. And how are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Like I said, it's been a long time, and it's great to great to have you back on here. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. Always, always. And let's just let's just dive right into what's going on with the NBA playoffs. Two games tonight. We have the Celtics and Bucks. They're Bucks up two one. You have the Grizzlies and the Warriors with the Warriors with the two one game lead. Tomorrow, Sixers Heat, Suns Mavs. But overall, uh, two questions. Who do you like to win it all? And and to break that down even further, any surprises that have come to you thus far in these playoffs? Um, surprises? No, not really any surprises. Who do I like? I really, I mean, I like the Celtics. The Celtics are fun, but I think the Bucks are going to beat them. I think the Warriors are going to win their series. Um, as a Cavs fan who has played the Warriors multiple times, I don't want them to win. It's not going to ruin my day if they win, but I would just rather them to not. I like them, but they just still, I'm still a little bitter, you know? Yeah. Well, it's quite natural to be bitter. Well, nothing wrong with being bitter. I, I get it. You know, it's one of those things where, like to your point, I really like I really like the Bucks, and I think this Boston, I think this Boston series, I think it's it might go seven. It has mm. potential to go seven because I really do like both teams, and I'm just, I always I'm leaning. <sighs> Yesterday I was Bucks. Today I'm Bucks. Yeah. Tomorrow I might be. It, it's it, it, that's. I said Bucks in five, but that was the first. That was after the first game, though. Oh yeah, first game, and then it got a little, it got a little better, you know. Yeah, you're like, well, like you know what? So maybe, game. yeah. But I'm still gonna go, Bucks. But I don't know if it's that's gonna how that's gonna have to be. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. If you ask me now, I'd probably go Bucks. You know, because I just I don't know. I just like Giannis a lot. Oh, I love Giannis. Giannis is so good. I will say, I used to doubt Giannis. I was like, he's never going to win a ring. He's going to be so good. He's never going to do it. He shut me up real quick. Yeah, and I think he did that to a lot of people. And I think yeah, well, I think he did that to a lot of people, like myself included. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look at, like, Milwaukee, I mean, he brought that city championship like a what, what, half century. And I think he's just one of those generational talents that we all talk yeah, about. very, very good. And – and shifting into your point about like the Grizzlies, Warriors, like what are your thoughts if was John Morant got hurt? Does how much does that change the dynamic of this series? I mean, the I think I just think the Warriors are gonna win. With so or even, without, I think the Warriors are winning. So so even with the healthy Morant, you just still think yeah. yeah. You just still I think, mean it's oh. it's a good series, but I still think the Warriors are going to win. Do you do you think it kind of elevated from this game possibly going, you know, potentially six? This game could be going five. If, like I say, yeah, that could definitely have some influence on that. But either way, I'm just saying, I'm saying it's Warriors. Yeah, I think, and the thing is, and here, and to your point, 
to kind of piggyback your point, it's not just Steph and Clay, but you got guys like Jordan Poole. And then you had Kaminga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kaminga, like the rookies and stuff. I think so it's not just all about Steph and Clay, which I yeah. think is I think that's what makes it scarier that it's not just those two you got to worry about. You got to worry about a Jordan Poole. You got even Kaminga to a Draymond. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, he'll do something. I don't know what yeah. he's going to do, but he's going to do something. Yeah. He, he's going to be productive. I, I have yeah. zero doubt about that. No doubt about it. And in this, in the series, the Sixers in the Heat series, it's 2 2. Just very curious because mm-hmm. to me, I look at this series and to me, it, it boils down to to and be it kind of it's very hard to break it down because I don't want to say they're even but to me mm-hmm. I all I, I initially leaned Sixers because I I just like Embiid who we'll talk about I really about like Embiid too and and just want to get your thoughts on that series and how do you see that particular series going see the first two games I was like what yeah, this is not it. Like, this is going to be bad. But with Embiid back, clearly they've been the more dominant team. I think the Sixers will pull this one out. Yeah, and and the thing is, I like the Heat, and I know Heat fans, and if they're watching, they may not like me after it. But, but I just – I look at Embiid, and I just go – and to He's me – pretty I unstoppable. Will, yeah, and, and, and that to me, I was – and I'll admit that I was wrong about Embiid with the whole Ben Simmons situation because I yeah. always said – that those two together cannot win a championship. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them had to go, and I went the other way, and the other guy made me like a fool, but that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> for another day. Yeah. <laughs> but that's funny. It's like, and it's like, oh boy, I, I remember writing and I'm like, this guy made me like such a fool. I don't even read that article I wrote you. I don't even read right, it. Right. Maybe just we'll go delete. We'll forget about that one. We'll move on to the next. Right. It's like, you know what? No, people don't have to read it. I have to show it. So, and in the, in the final series, you know, Suns maps. I really like this series. I like offense. I'm not, I, I have no denial about that. Same. When, when I look at this series, I look at the Suns who I like, look, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. But for the Mavs, I just feel that if it's just Luca, I think Luca needs that second person. Yeah, he as, needs somebody to elevate him as well. He's already he's so good, but you need someone else. Like in today's NBA, you're not going to go out there and do it by yourself. And I mean, like right. the closest thing we see to that is LeBron, and that clearly doesn't work. So you need someone else to get you there. Yeah, and and that's the only thing that I that I say kind of stops me from going to, with Dallas because I, as much as I like Luca, mm-hmm. I like Jason Kidd, I like what they've done this year. Yeah. To your point, it's just in today's NBA, you can't build. You can't build around – you can build a, a team around one player, but you need mm-hmm. at least one or two of those players, you know, outside of the guy you're building around to do something. Yes, and, for sure. And, and, I, and I think that's I think that's a huge problem. You know, but like I said, so I think we're kind of both on the same lines and saying we both like Phoenix yeah. here. Yeah, I, I do like the Suns here. Yeah. So yeah. So I think we we I think we we did pretty good agreement agreement wise. Yeah, for sure. For those, yeah, the playoffs have been a little. I don't know. It's been a little wild. I would say. Yeah, it, it, it's, I think they're overly it's, aggressive this year. Yeah, I think you can tell. I think especially fans, players, everybody. Yeah. Even like even with the sticking with the Suns Mavs series, even with the incident with Chris Paul, yeah. his family, 
and 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 I do want to jump in and, and get your opinion on that because I have my opinion, but I'm very curious yeah. to hear your thoughts on the whole Chris Paul situation with his family and his and his mother in attendance for the game. Yeah, so I just I think it's so sad, you know. They just went to enjoy watching their family member play a game. They're probably excited to be there, and you have. Mm-hmm people acting like that. You should not act like that anywhere. I don't care how old you are. You don't treat anybody like that. Everyone's like, oh, well, they're young. I don't care. I don't care. You just don't do that to someone, especially shoving women on Mother's Day. Yeah. Ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Shoving women is bad. Like, let's let's be clear. Right. That's, That's bad. That is terrible. And then you escalate that to the level of it was Mother's Day. And it's like right behind his bench where he can see you. Right. You're lucky he didn't go into the crowd. Right. And and I think he, he kind of tweeted out something to that effect is mm-hmm. where essentially the league says, well, you can't do this to the fans, but these fans can do that. And it, right. it kind of and it kind of similarly reminded me of the situation back with the mouse at the palace, where like well, well, Metal World Peace Ronald Test at the time, he was just laying on the scores on the scores table, and then somebody decided to throw a beer. And then Ron Artest said, look, he went up in the stands and he did what he did. And, well, he spent it for the rest of the season. So Stupid. it's a so if you tell if you tell players not to interact, you know, to do that with the fans, then in turn, they the should fans, be allowed to do that to you. Right. I mean, they're not allowed, but like still there should be like, I don't know. There's it's just it's just a really difficult thing because I feel like fans. I know fans get upset. Fans get angry when things aren't going their way. But at no point should you physically harm somebody mm-hmm. like that's just absolutely drawing a line at any point yeah and, and i think that that's the problem i, yeah, I think like, go ahead it's bad russell westbrook when he got the popcorn dumped on him last was it russell westbrook that got the popcorn on him? I, I believe i think it was russell someone got popcorn on him yeah remember i remember was, like, yeah yeah and then he reacted and said something back to the crowd and everyone's like oh he's being soft i'm like at no point would i ever want someone to just throw popcorn on me at my job yeah yeah, like how would you feel no. working in a cubicle and just somebody just came and just chucked a some kernel like you wouldn't like it and how right, would you and like I'm sure some people would find that funny in some way, but like I'm like, just don't. You paid yeah. for that also, so that's a waste. Right. It's like to me, like look at look, I'm six four. Like listen, I don't believe in wasting food at all. Like look. <laughs> like you know, look. like the Yankees fans throwing the beers, what a waste of money. Right. Ten dollars for one of those cans and you right. that's your choice to never go to another baseball game. Right. It's just like I, I never understood the whole throwing food, and, and I never right. like Browns like, fans have done that, and it's embarrassing. We threw this stuff at the refs, and that is not okay. Yeah, and it's like, do you, you know how much that it, it, to me? It's just a matter of you you paid money to essentially mm-hmm. come and you and you just chuck it at somebody. That's yeah, a waste that's of money. Disrespectful, disrespectful. Right. It, it's it, it, that whole situation is just it, it's just bonkers to me, right. but. But before we transition at the NBA, I do want to talk about uh, Jokic, Nikola Jokic, mm-hmm. winning the MVP once again back to back. Yeah, that was announced Ooh. super early this morning. Some people weren't even awake yet. Like yeah. people in Denver probably weren't even awake yet. <laughs> they woke up like, oh wait, what happened? Oh, like, people... okay, way to start the day off. Like, all right, get, get their I coffee. I mean, I think it was very much deserved. He's very, very good. He carried his team into. If he won, or Embiid won, or I mean, I would even say Giannis. I would say, wow, that, that's. A great option. I'm not for or against it. I'm just like, okay, that's cool. I really do like Embiid, though. 
yeah, it, it's it's a mm-hmm. situation where like I want to lean in deep, but like Jokic is not the worst. It's not the worst right. option in the world. It's it's not one of those like a couple years ago where it was just I can't recall who won MVP that year, where it was just like were we watching the same season? Mm-hmm. It's not one of those things. But I think to your point, I think you could have went with either Jokic and Beat or Giannis. Yeah, like my thing with the honest is I just feel like he is the most important player like in the like I just think he's the best player in the league. Yeah. But yeah. we go for like all the stats, all everything else and then yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting because and I'll say before we transition, like to your point, it's like when you look at the MVP of the world, like who's most valuable? And it's like you can look at all three and say they're valuable, but if you like you kind of dig in deep and say, well, who was really valuable that season? Mm-hmm. It's like, like there was a point in time where I felt like, well, LeBron could have won it every year based on the definition of MVP because he was valuable to, especially when he was with Cleveland, he was literally the most valuable player they had. And but now as it transitions, I think we're going to more statistics and we're digging in. We're looking up like, you know, VORP and we're looking at you know wins above replacement. We're looking at. And I think it's, it's digging deeper into the numbers, which is fine as mm-hmm. long as the eye test is still yeah. integral to the game. You know, like baseball can pick up on the eye test of the umpires, but that's that's, that's a robo ups. <laughs> but anyway, but, you know, transitioning from the, the NBA, let's just do a little NFL. Let's talk about, you know, the Cleveland Browns. You know, we'll, we'll talk about Baker in a minute, but just all in all, after the draft, draft is, you know, behind us. Just your thoughts on the draft and just just your thoughts on the draft and the player selected by Andrew Barry. For the Browns? For the Browns, yes. I mean, they're pretty typical of what he does. He goes for young athletic players that he thinks can fit well into our system, best player available. That's what he's been doing. I feel like our draft wasn't that um, – not saying it wasn't important because the draft is always important. But their main draft pick, draft pick would be bringing in a quarterback, which they did. I think yeah. that's where they like value their draft. Basically taking our couple just a couple picks to get a franchise quarterback, maybe we will see. Yeah. And and that too and that leads right into to Baker. And I, I've seen everything. To my on, core, I'm a hater. I'm sorry. To my core, I am a hater. To your point, and that's what I was going to ask you because I, I you know. I've written stuff about Baker and I've seen stuff about Baker. To me, I guess, I guess the question to ask is at what point did most people, people who probably will just say who felt like you felt that, okay, Baker, wait, we thought he was the guy, but what was the point where you're like, okay, this is when not. I did, or when like everybody else. Um, did. you? Will you? Yeah. When, when, when did you? When did you feel um, that? Okay, Baker was not the guy anymore. Okay. See, so I tried. I tried my best to be very nice, very nice throughout the whole 2020. Like the playoff win, that was awesome. I will never discredit that. That was great. Mm-hmm. It was really cool to see because I've never seen one of those in my lifetime. That was awesome. But during that season, I definitely was still not convinced that he was the guy. My exact moment that I said I cannot keep doing this was when they played the Pittsburgh Steelers, like their first game against the Steelers. It was like week like three or four. I don't know. One of their first games. It was on the very first drive of the game. He threw a pick six to Minka Fitzpatrick. I was watching the game in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The only Browns fan there. 
I said, I cannot do this ever again. I cannot keep going through this. And then the game progressed, and I don't even think we scored that game. We might have scored one touchdown. But it was very bad. I said, I just don't think it's going to work out. I just I feel like this is how it's going to be. It's very up and down, and it's never – I mean, every quarterback has a bad game. Mm-hmm. But – the frequency of inconsistent games is far greater than a lot of the others. Yeah, I I, I can see that. Uh, just to play devil's advocate, just to play the other side of the room. Yeah. Now, how about those who can think of there are still people who like Baker out there? Yeah. They will say, well, it was he didn't have the offense around him. He didn't have. What do you say specifically to those Type because because trust me they're yeah. out there. So what do you say to that to that contention that says that well Baker didn't necessarily have the greatest weapons around him in the world to to, to perform. To that I will say find a better situation for him, find a better O line for him with two elite running backs or wide receiver. I mean they were okay. We drove one out of town. That explains a lot. Everyone said we were going to be better off without him. He was going to be playing better without him. Clearly that did not happen. So mm-hmm. that one just went out the window, that excuse. Then they started to say, well, our wide receivers aren't very good. I'm like, well, you guys told me that they were. They're just so dull. So my thing is find a better situation for that man to be in. Yeah. And, and to your point and sticking to that point, if you're Andrew Barry right now and he's due almost $19 million this season. Yes. Now, if you're Andrew Barry, do you – the base of the reports, it's do you trade him, but the Browns, would they be willing to pay something? Because oh, he already I, said, yeah, yeah. He already said that he would be willing to pay some of yeah, the, the salary, the, but I just don't think anybody wants to have a rental quarterback. Yeah. And and to your point, the, the only destination to me that, if there is a destination, would be Seattle, but – you know, Pete Carroll was on a radio show. He essentially said that, you know, un, un, you know, he essentially kind of basically said, well, Drew Locke's our guy. You know, mm-hmm. he essentially said that he likes Drew Locke. He doesn't see that he doesn't see like John Schneider, the GM, bringing in another quarterback. So if if you're if you're Baker right now, it will if it, if it continue, I think it's going to continue to play out all the way through June and possibly closer to the you know, until um, possibly there's a market for him. But my question to you is, if you're Andrew Barry, what do you do with Baker? Do you cut him? Do you keep him? What, what What's the scenario? See, I don't think, I really don't think that they're going to cut him. I don't see them. The only way I would see them cutting him is if he actually shows up. And then I think that they would consider that. But still, maybe not even. I just, they just don't have them in any of their plans at all. They don't – it says a lot for, like, the Brown social media. They don't post about him at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. on the draft day of his – you know, they show picks from this year. They put all the picks, but they did not show the pick of Baker Mayfield. They didn't even post on his birthday. They just act like he is not a part of the team. So, I would say if he tries to show up, I think that they would be like, hey, we got to get him out of here. We got to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. which could be a way for him to do it. I mean, like for him, maybe just show up and see if they would like cut you, pay you, and then you go elsewhere. But once he's cut, is he going to be willing to be a backup? Yeah. 
And I think I don't that, think there's a starting position available. To to your point, to your point, I, I agree. I think if we if we had if we had this conversation maybe two three months ago, right, we would probably said, oh yeah, Carolina, so yeah. Yeah, you would but, think someone would take him. And no, no one's gonna do it. And, and I just think that to your point, like the more and more, like I, I write about it and I talk about it, I just go, he has to. It kind of reminds me of the situation with like Allen Iverson, the kind of cross sports. Like, like, and this was like later in his career where he was just a guy, he was just unwilling to come off the bench. He was used to being the starter. Right. And that was super difficult because he was used to being the guy. Because mm-hmm. it's not his, that's not the role that he's used to. And it's like an ego thing and it's a confidence thing. But at some point, you just gotta, you gotta know your role. And he clearly does not know his role. Yeah. And, and, and I think to your point before we transition to baseball, I think if you're Baker Mayfield, I think you handle it this way. You'll see if you'll agree. I think you do show up, show up to mm-hmm. show up to the facility, show up, talk to Andrew Barry, talk to talk to ownership, talk to management. Find a mutual, just just find a way out because the longer this drags out, I, it just feels like Baker Mayfield just got it's just getting devalued and devalued and devalued. Yes. And and I think if you're Andrew Barry, like you're like, well, we went out and traded for a certain player. And we went out like we essentially that was the proverbial, you know, nail in the coffin. So we want to help you go somewhere else, but understand the yeah. market. The market's telling us, you the know, you, telling us we don't have a place for you. Right. So you know, we can work. You know, they don't. Uh, to your point, I don't think they want to cut him. Yeah. But but trading him, you know. And if you know Barry's willing to pay the money, like where do you want to go, Baker? Because if you're willing to be a backup, there's options. There's places you can go. There's people that will take you. But that's the thing. Yeah, it, it, are it's you not, willing to do that? Yeah, it's not like a situation with like Sam Darnold where the the Panthers traded for him. Yeah, and but like he, he knows his, he knows his role. Yeah. Sam Darnold knows his role. Yeah, a lot of people like Jimmy G knows his role. Yeah, Matt Ryan knew his role. Yeah. And, yeah, as a Falcons fan, yeah, that hurt. That still still stings a little, but yeah, I'll, I'll get over it. Probably not, but <laughs> but but before we get out of here, I do want to talk a little baseball and talk about let's let's talk about the Guardians. Okay. As of this, as of, as we're speaking now, they're 500, 14 and 14, mm-hmm. third place in the AL Central. You know, needless to say, like Jose Ramirez. Yeah, oh, love him. When you when you watch him, you're like, I'm glad they paid. I'm like, like I, I didn't understand the hesitation, but I, oh I'm not- man, if they didn't pay him, it would have been bad. Like if they traded him before the season started, I don't. They don't get many people to attend the games right now. That number would be, it would be one third of that. I would say people would be protesting to not attend. They would be protesting the owners. Like it would be. I think it would be really bad if they didn't pay him and he ended up on another team. Yeah. And, and I'm just glad, I'm just glad he stayed because I think, you know, it gives guardian fans like something to show up to the ball game for, mm-hmm. you know, I think Jose Marie, like, like I said, right now, what he's like 30 total base, he leads the league in RBIs. He's, he's up there in home he's runs. He's on an MVP reign right now. Like he's gonna, he's, if he continues this throughout the year, he will be in this talks for MVP. Yeah. I think there's no doubt about that. And even 
even with the pitching, like with Shane Bieber and, and someone I really like, I like Tristan mm-hmm. McKenzie. Oh, I, I love Tristan. Like 24, I was watching a game, you know, and I was like, I was looking at this kid and like, like his frame and just the way his fastball. I'm like, nobody that size should be throwing a fastball that fast. Like, right. Like, and I think to me, if, if you're like, and plus what makes the Guardians to me a very good situation, you know, a stable organization is Terry Francona. I think mm-hmm. I that think so helps. Too. That, yeah. that helps. Like, I don't, I tell people all the time, like in baseball, managers may not matter as much as say as the NFL or, or the NBA, but when yeah. it comes to like stability and you're trying to get your franchise kind of, you know, it's Terry Francona. Like, look at the Mets. Like, I didn't have the Mets being the best team in the NFL. I didn't have it. And I think a lot of that goes to Buck Showalter. Right. You know, bring in stability, bring in that veteran presence in the dugout, I think matters. And I guess to transition back to the Guardians, you know, early, like I say, still kind of relatively early in the season. What's, I'll put it this way, what's your prediction and what would be an ideal season for the Guardians this year? So my my prediction, it's really hard to tell you because one week we will score the most runs that we could ever <laughs> score in a game. And then the next week we're gonna lose ten nothing, and get swept. Like I can't, I cannot tell you where this is going to go to. <laughs> our games, our win total was set. Like I think it was seventy five and a half, and I was like, you know, I might take that. I might consider that. But everyone's like, no, don't do it, don't do it. And I'm like, oh, guys, I, I don't know, but I, I really still don't know if they will hit that because each series it's a surprise every time. But if they continue how they did over the weekend, minus Shane Bieber, a little mishap, we should be we should be pretty good. Not good, but we will be competitive. Yeah, I, I think I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment because, like to your point, and a lot of teams are that way where they yeah. come out there and have like come up there ten. You know, they, they can easily score ten runs in a game and easily give up give ten up. runs, and it's. And, yeah. and it's that fluctuation, and it makes it it makes it difficult because because at the if if you're the Guardians, it, it, I think it just comes down to the pitching, and it, I think it just comes down to the mm-hmm. pitching because with the offense, you know, it's just it's more than Ramirez, obviously. Daniel's starting to get it together, so I like that. Yeah, so it, it it's not it's not I'm not going to put it all on the off as much as I love offense. I'm not going to put it all on mm-hmm. the batting. I think, like I say, I like McKenzie. You know. Cal Quantrill, you got, I think it's a please uh, that, please I think that. Have Zach pitching please tonight, that. yeah. Yeah. So I think that the rotation, the rotation is going to be the factor. I think if the rotation mm-hmm. can be more consistent, because with the hitting, you kind of know what you're getting, but you kind of don't know what you're getting. Right. Like it's, just, it's a big surprise sometimes. Yeah. You know who's and, good and you know who's going to leave you with some guesses. Right. And and I think that's why I say with baseball. I was, I'm a Cubs fan. I, I deal with up and downs oh. all the I know. I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> it's every, okay. Every time and I'll say this before we wrap up. I always say this. It's like I love I, I became a fan of Cleveland. Like because of you. Like you're one of the people like I got on board with Cleveland because of you. And I think and Haley Murph like that, you know, because she's mm-hmm. the first, and I'm like, I got on board because of you too, but Notice if you ever follow me on Twitter, I I very rarely talk about the World Series. I very talk. I, I don't talk about it because you I'm like, should. 
It's like I, I do in the back of my mind, but it's like. But no, you should. If I won, I would be talking about that like now tomorrow. Because like I it's would the, never stop talking about it. It's the only championship I can talk about because I can't talk about the Falcons because <laughs> because we we don't right. know how to we don't know how to keep leads in that in that town. So, but but <laughs> neither here nor there, and and that's a place where we'll kind of put a button in and. And Gab, before we go, can you tell all the amazing people where they can find you on social media and everywhere else? Okay, you guys can find me, and it's the same across everything, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, at G-A-B-B-G-O-U-D-Y. You can find me there. You can find me on FanDuel. And, yeah, you can just come talk some sports with me on the internet if you want a good time. Yeah, and trust me, it's always a good time. We talk sports. <laughs> we talk sports on there. And, and now that I've gotten permission, I, I'll talk about the Cubs a little bit more. You should. Like, you know what? You deserve to. Falcons put you through a lot. You got a World Series. You have every right to talk about it. If I was in your position, in which I am with the Cavs because the 3-1, I let people know about it. Yeah. And, and that's the part where I was like, you know what? I wasn't sure because I remember the final out. And I remember. And I, was like, I cried, but it's okay. That's fine. It's like, you know. <laughs> right. It's fine. It's not you. It's not your fault. You weren't the one out there. Yeah, it's like, oh. And I was like, I remember the night. And, like, I I, I cried when we won because I'm like, mm-hmm. I didn't think I was going to see it. I was like, it's, uh, you know, yeah. my my kids, kids, kids will, you know, visit me, you know, mm-hmm. some point, And they're like, hey, great, great, great. And we did it. And it's like, and it's like. Ah, yeah, that was, that was, like, the most Cleveland thing ever to happen. You win in NBA Finals coming back from 3-1. Then you lose a World Series 3-1. I'm like, why can't we just have one thing go? <laughs> just have one so, Just have one thing going. That, right, because we made those jokes forever up until uh, October, November, whenever that was. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And every every year, every every Super Bowl, I, I get 28-3. Uh, see, that sucks, doesn't it? Because they will never let that go. No. And, They'll and, never uh, let that go. No, that's the worst part. And oh, I think man. The only way to I wouldn't either, though. I really wouldn't either. I, because I, 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 they showed the game on TV, and I'm like, I'm not going to watch this again. I'm like, I know it's going to – it's like a book you know the ending to. Yeah, but like, you just no. can't stop. It's like I watch it. I'm like, I, I, I think we can still win this. And it's like – Yep, the big surprise. I, I see Tom Brady. I'm like, no, no, we're not. I just go back to – I'll go back to Netflix. Uh, we're, we're, not, we're not winning. We're not, we're not winning. But but once again, Gab, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I, I truly sure. do appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. And all, thank you for watching. And once again, be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe. I'm always here from the sports and the world podcast.